Yes, go get it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Sidetrack Sports. I'm Derek Dornboss, your host, and I'm here with Sammy B. What's up, boys? And Kurt, good to have you back, man. What's going on, y'all? Appreciate appreciate you coming back. You know, thought uh, you had a good uh, first run there with us, so bring you back on and uh, talk a little more golf with us. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm I'm happy to be back and uh, shoot some predictions for the PGA Championship. Uh, I, I definitely want to say I think we have a replacement for uh, K. Curry <laughs> since he's always wanting <laughs> to bail on us. Um, yeah. I think we have a solid backup. Cam, uh, you know, you're just uh, – you, I guess you, he fell into like the part-time category now. So yep. <laughs> you're, you're, you were getting paid like eight twenty five. Now you'll be back like $4. <laughs> he's the scrub that just shows up to work whenever he wants. <laughs> but all right, boys. Um, so – I guess, and this isn't even like big news, but it's kind of come out, you know, now more recent because like the foreplay podcast um, had Scott Fawcett on, um, and he has worked with Bryson DeChambeau, uh, Will Zalataris, um, and a couple other guys on tour, uh, Stuart Sink. Um, and I'm going to start, start by just kind of explaining decade golf he created this system and he what he is he's like he's a mathematician he like doesn't watch any other sports he doesn't watch movies he was asked like a question like um you know do you know who like won like the um like nba championship like last year or do you know who like won the super bowl a couple years ago and like he just he does he has no idea he's just like literally he's a math guy that's like all he cares about and he's played on he played a couple of PGA tour events um, and a couple like mini tour events. Um, so he's like strictly a golf and like mathematician. And uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy or like the system that they, that he's created. Does that does it sound familiar at all? No, I haven't heard it. I'm, I'm actually intrigued to hear about it a little bit more. So who's the guy? Scott Fawcett. Fawcett. And um, yeah, so he, so at him and like, um, uh, what's the other guy's name? Cuomo. He's a, he's a coach. He he was with um like Tiger and he was a swing coach for Tiger and a couple other guys. But um he uses like a lot of variances from like poker. It's like just odds, and then your swing pattern. So what it is is you know when you he puts you on a track man, you hit like fifty golf balls, and he claims that any amateur golfer he could drop your handicap by at least six strokes if he worked with you for one day. Damn. And, and, and that's not fixing your swing. That's not mechanics. That's just strictly basing your shot pattern and dispersity and putting it like into a golf course. So what it is, is pretty much lining you up, you know, for example, Hey, like, you know, 60% of your, your iron shots are draws. Okay. Well, this is the green that you have. And he prints out this GPS of like a hole of 18 holes. And he walks with you and goes like, hey, you know, depending, you know, with your uh, shot dispersion, place it like you're going to aim here. I understand that the flag's here, but you're going to aim here. And it's pretty much just trying to get on the green and minimizing your 
number one, you're like blow up holes. And number two, um, you're not trying to get birdie. You're just trying to minimize your bogeys. And um, this is kind of what Bryson's done. Uh, Bryson met with him, Stuart Sink. Um, and pretty much like at the closer you are to the hole and the more speed you create in your swing, better chance you are of, of lowering your score. Um, and it's pretty interesting because like listening to them, um, you know, it's everything's based off of mathematical equation pretty much. And um, he brought up a really good point that I've never like, it's common sense, but I never really thought of is number one, um, when you have a hole on a par five, some people like, hey, like, let me just get the ball and play and then I'll lay up. And he's like, well, why would you lay up? Like, why, like, who in the world would think of hitting like a five iron or a seven iron into a green where if you were to uh, just hit a driver or, um, you know, hit a three wood into the green, then wherever that three wood ends up, if you're in a bunker or chipping, that chip is going to be a lot closer than you are from 180 when, if you were to lay up. So, um, and then he also brought up like Tiger Woods, what he's done. So Tiger Woods is the most like conservative golfer to really ever play the game. And in, in like in my era that I like grew up watching, you know, how many times we've seen Tiger win the masters with like 68, 67, 69, 70, like Tiger literally just like, it's not flashy. He doesn't like just nail a bunch of the pins, but you look at his scorecard, they're all like, six pars in the front nine, two birdies, and then maybe like one bogey. Back nine of like four pars, two birdies, and then par out. You've n- I've never really seen Tiger get a lot of eagles. I've never seen Tiger get a lot of like doubles. Um, and it's funny because Tiger really doesn't use this system, but it's like he's essentially doing what Tiger's done in the past, but just now mathematically. Um. And I just thought it was really interesting to bring up because I don't, I don't know, um, you know, a lot of people have heard of, heard of it, but I think it's going to end up coming out um, because guys like Stuart Sink didn't even meet up with Scott Fawcett. He was just like, "Hey, here's an app I heard of," and Scott and Stuart Sink was literally just using this app that Scott Fawcett created and was like, "I'm going to implement this into the game." And now he's won two PGA, PGA events, and he hasn't won in like forever. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's a it's an interesting system and it's an interesting take on the game, you know, to, to try to take the mathematical approach. But I still, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I think a lot of a lot of it comes down to you know momentum, how you're swinging that day. I think a lot of it's situational, um, you know. And I I think golf is one of those. I mean, I think all sports really. I don't know that you can put a math equation behind it. You know, like o- overall, you have your averages and whatnot. But like, like, like the a, a great example is is last year in the PGA Championship, Colin Morikawa on on sixteen or whatnot. He hit, he laid up off that tee the first three rounds, and then the the final day he decides, you know, well, I'm I'm going to go for it. I'm gonna, I'm going to take it, but because he had he had momentum, he wanted the big shot or whatnot, and he he happens to hit driver that day, and it works out for him, makes eagle, ends up going on to win the tournament. But I mean, he he didn't go for it the first three days. I think a lot of it is very momentum based. You know, kind of how you're swinging that day, kind of just feel, you know, because if you, you can say all day, you know, well, statistically, if you hit driver, it's going to give you a better chance. But if you're playing off fast greens and there's a lot of trouble around the greens and you short side yourself, 
there's no way you should be going for that the majority of the time. I don't, I don't know. I, I think in theory it's a good system, but I don't know how how well it would work out. You know, for, across the board for every single player. But I think I think too, like what it is is it's implementing parts of it into your game. So you know, obviously everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. So like if you're an amateur golfer and you literally can't chip, like you just duff every chip then you probably may want to lay up and hit from 130 yards into a par five um, because you can't chip, you know, so you hitting a five iron or four iron into a green may not be your best, uh, you know, move. But I think some of it, um, and that's what we talked about too, is like variance. So like, obviously if you have trouble everywhere around a green, then you're not going to be just shooting willy nilly at that green. Um, You're just playing probability really. And for him to, you know, claim how uh, he can take, you know, X amount of strokes off for the amateur, I think is more realistic than probably um, being able to shave strokes off a PGA player. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with that in terms of like, I think golf is such a, um, it's such a mental game that like, I, I think any, any amateur golfer, you know, if you change their mental approach, that's the easiest way to shave, uh, obviously practice, you know, in the physical aspect too is a good way to, to shave shots, but just mentally speaking, you know, um, the way you, just the way you approach a golf course, just drastically change. I, I feel like I, I'm like that a lot now too, in terms of, you know, what, when you play a golf course is not necessarily about the, your score that day, but it's about the opportunities you give yourself and which kind of goes back to the, the mathematical averages. But over time, you know, if you give yourself enough opportunities, enough birdie putts, eventually they're going to fall. They're going to go in. You're going to, you're going to see the scores increase. So a lot of it's just patience, you know, and the, the mental approach. So I can kind of see what you're saying. Yeah. And just course, course management, really. So yeah. basically Kurt's saying that this Scott Fawcett guy is an idiot. Yeah. I, I'm not saying he's an <laughs> idiot. Not a believer I, yet. <laughs> I, I feel, I feel like a lot of it, I, I mean, like if you compare it to football, like in, in football now, a lot of these coaches are taking this analytical approach, you know, and they're going for two more than ever before. And I still, I, I can't fully get behind. Like, and when the game is on the line, you know, at the end of the game and stuff, and some of these coaches are going for two because mathematics tell them that they should or whatnot. If you don't have a good play call, if you don't have the momentum, if you don't have certain things going in your favor, I, I don't care what math says. It's a terrible call, and you end up losing the game. Yeah, I, I want to say I, I completely agree with that because the any really any sport is coming down to stats now, and it's deterring away from how the old players played it, especially golf. I mean, golf didn't have these track mans. It didn't have all this other technology that at least track your ball or even like see how your swing speed is and all this other stuff is like, I mean, why, why can't you just stick to the old days where you have to practice, you have to like understand how you swing and what your distance is per club why can't you just stick to to playing like that instead of having to go to a computer and understanding, oh, I should hit this club because it goes this far. I get where it's coming from because, I mean, it's just technology these days. But, I mean, I, I completely agree agree with you. It's like it, it's all about practice and a and mental game. And, you know, I, I and I'm not saying I'm for it or anything like that. I just heard it and I thought it was interesting because I am not a Bryson DeChambeau fan and that, that's what he's – about and it's a great example because oh like hey yeah if you can hit the ball 330 you're closer and that, that's great but if like you're not keeping it in play hitting it 330 then no 
you know, so there are things, and I also agree with you, Kurt, that it, there are factors in life that like momentum that like we all know actually exist. We don't know what it is or why it is that way, but there's nothing on this earth statistically and mathematically you can explain for a certain thing in sports, like pressure, nerves. You can tell me, you know, math all day, but guess what? When, when someone has a shot, amen's corner, or they have like a 25 mile per hour win in their face and they have to hit a three wood into a small green. I don't care who you are. You're still human. And that human aspect is going to change statistics. Like it may be an outlier. You never know, but I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah, it's, it's true. I mean, I just thought it was interesting. A bunch of, bunch of guys are doing it now. And, and, you know, going back to like track band and all these different things, you know, that's why we're seeing so many people shoot so much lower. I mean, there, there are guys winning now, you know, and you know, it's always been that way, but there's more consistent, better golf now than there ever was before. Like the competition now, it's like, Hey, like now there's like 10 to 15 guys that could pretty much, you could be like, Hey, I'm going to say these 15 guys, one of these guys will win. And that's usually what's going to happen where back in the day there was like two or three and like that was like that was it yeah no the the competition nowadays is definitely it's it's so like i I don't think you know i don't think we'll ever see another tiger woods level of dominance in the game but but even just back to like like the on stand on the topic of the pga championship like back in 91 or whatever when john daly gets in as the the seventh alternate you know shows up no practice round goes on to win the pga championship like that, that couldn't happen today because there's way too many, you know, elite golfers out there who are going out shooting 65 on a daily. And not, not, not to take anything away from John Daly, but you, you can't just show up at a PGA Championship now with no practice round as kind of a no-name golfer and go out there and win the thing. You know, that, that just, it, it just can't happen with the level of talent that's on tour today. Right. All right. Now, when you when you when we talk about the technology part, do you do you guys? like the fact that they're able to go out during the week. And, and I say this because I was at the PGA practice round on Mondays because these caddies going out there with range finders and literally just riding down all distances wherever they want, all over the greens, all over the fairways, tee boxes, everything. Do you all agree with the fact that they're able to basically draw off each entire hole and pretty much go off a book? I mean, the the way I look at it, I say you should pretty much take a guessing game. But what do y'all think? Well, yes, I mean, okay. go ahead, Kurt. All right. All right. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a little bit. I know it's kind of anti-traditional, but I, I personally, I think that they should just let the golfers use rangefinders during the round. I think it's it not not only for pace of play, but also just because you 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 can shoot a distance to the flag, but at the end of the day, the, these guys on tour, they're not they're not just looking at the distance to the flag and hitting shots like a lot of, you know, amateur golfers are and whatnot on, on an everyday basis. These guys, you know, it's all about the, cause the greens are so firm too. It's all about the, the carry to the bunker, how many steps back the flag is. It's all the other stuff that the caddies are actually walking off on the greens and whatnot. That really matters at the end of the day, you know? So uh, a lot of that other data is what the players on tour are actually using. It's not necessarily just, you know, the distance that the guy, that the caddy shot with the range finder. So I mean I I don't think it makes a huge difference. Um, I don't really have a problem with it. What 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 do you think, Derek? 
you know, I, I think, um, well, I mean, it is interesting to see these guys, you know, I've been like following this, like them, like since Monday, right. And some guys played like last week and all these practice rounds and all these different things. And they're just like practicing chips and rolling the balls across the green and see how they react. And it's like, man, like I tell you what, like, I don't care what course, if, if I were able to have a three practice rounds before any course I played, I guarantee you I would shoot like at least five or six strokes better if I just sat there all day around greens, like all 18 greens and just chipped. But hey, because when I get in that same scenario, it's like, oh, I've been here, done that. Like I've been doing this for the past 72 hours. So that builds confidence, number one. Um, number two, as far as like the range finders go, um, you know, it, it would be interesting, I guess, to see if these guys weren't able to, you know, have these yardage books or whatever and say, hey, here's the sprinkler like we play and like, hey, this is what you're given. Um, here's the yardage book. Here it is. It'd be really interesting to see what these guys shoot um, because like that's what us amateur golfers you know, have, but I also think it's obviously a money-making entertainment business. And so we want to see these guys play the best possible golf that they can play. So I think that's all uh, another aspect in the range finder thing. I, I don't know if it'll speed up or not. There, I know there's guys that it's like, well, you know, like you said, Kurt, like, yeah, here's the pin, right? Okay. The number is 167 to the pin. Well, how, how, how big's the, the green to how much room do I have? Right. How much do, room do I have left? And, a lot of the times they're not aiming for the pin. They're aiming for a spot on the green. So, you know, I, I don't know if it will. I think it's just honestly adding another step to the process of the, of the yards. Like, it's like, hey, I'm going to walk this off and I'm going to shoot the pin now. So, I don't know if it will speed up. People are saying it will speed it up. Some players are saying it's not going to speed it up at all. Some people are saying, some players I've heard, like, they're like, oh, it's going to slow it down. Because it's just adding something. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I guess it's like a trial, trial and uh, trial and error type deal, and that's what they're going to figure out this weekend. I think I think the PGA and really just golf in general. I think they're trying to keep it as traditional as possible, but the more and more it happens, more technology and everything is going to upgrade it. Right? Yeah, I think for the better, for the worse, the game. I don't know. But it's yeah. that's the direction. It's like inevitable, really. I mean, that's kind of how it's going. But yeah. Sam, you were you were there Monday for the prax rounds. Uh, how was that? It was awesome. I mean, I'm I'm telling you, the the ocean course is one and only in the world. I mean, they're already talking about it's the longest uh, PGA major tour course ever in the universe, and. I won't lie. It's, it's, it's an experience. I mean, getting to walk on those roughs and right next to those greens and, and fairways, it's, it's so pure. Um, I mean, Derek and I both played it back in 2015, I believe, and there's no comparison. I mean, they, they've put so much time and money into just completely redoing this course for this tournament. It's just one of those things that you, you hope these guys can go out there and just play phenomenal, but yet, with the wind being right on the ocean, it's going to be by far the hardest hardest course to ever play. But if you want to go out, see a beautiful course, beautiful tournament play, go to the ocean course on Kiwa. Well, that's like it's crazy too because you know I went I went in 2012 and watched Rory win, 
and I remember seeing like all the, um, you know, like all the grandstands and stuff around all these holes. And then number one, when me and my brother went and watched in 2012, they didn't really have the system down. Like they had, they hosted the Ryder cup in 91 there. And then this is the second time they were hosting every, like a major event. So it was like still trying to figure out what they need to do. And number one, the lines for the buses, like it was like a three and a half hour ordeal to get on the Island and off the Island. Cause everything, like all these roads are like small. So they're all like one lane going out one way coming in. And so that was number one. That was a mess. Number two, when we played in 2014, 2015, wherever it was, you're looking I, I was like referring back to when I was there with the grandstands and it's so different when those grandstands yeah. aren't there. It's like a huge difference. It, and I, I like the course obviously so much better without the grandstands. Cause it's like just you on a beach playing golf. Um, so that's just like perspective, like beauty wise, so different. And then like that range, I remember you and Sam, you and me like were hitting on that range and the beach was eroding on the driving range. Yeah. Like it was like yeah. they had half a range because it was just sand. And um, I remember we were sitting there and they were like, yeah, like we're going to, I remember there was a guy behind me and they were talking about, yeah, like we're going to have to like resod it all. So that way, like the beach doesn't like erode this away when we have the PGA come up in 2021. And here we are. Um, but yeah, it's, it is. That's a that's an unreal course, um, and it's it's so hard. Like anything to put in perspective, like you have to actually go show up. Um, shout out, hey, you know, you know, not to not to brag, not to brag, but I was I started that round two on. I was two under through three on that on that course. I shot I shot an eighty seven on that course. Now, not from the tips. But I tell you what, that was the best round. That was probably that was that was the best round of my life, probably strictly from coming from like that that type of course, because that course is literally like you can't miss anywhere on that course, dude. I'm telling you, I I could be completely wrong and not re- remembering right, but my golf game is not the best. But I feel like I played one of the best on that course. It's weird yeah, to say because one of the but I didn't hit too bad. Did, yeah. Did, did you guys play the round with caddies, or did you just you just walk it? No, like, we, we got the last time. One of the last times they actually allowed golf carts on the ocean course. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that was. It's it is a it's just an incredible place. And yeah, no, I, I've only played I'm with. So cool. Go, go ahead, so, sorry, Derek. No, you're good. Uh, I was just I'm so glad that they're doing it now in May instead of August back when they did yeah. it because. In August, it was like 95 degrees. There was no wind. And people, like, I'm not kidding when I say this. There's no exaggeration. People were dropping left and right from, like, dehydration. It was it was ridiculous. And so I'm glad I'm going to see, like, these guys play. It's a lot cooler for the fans, number one. Number two, at least these, um, at least these, Guys are going to get a little test with some wind. Like the wind forecast looks like it's going to be a little challenging. Not not Sunday. Sun, not Sunday is a high of ninety three. 
It's going to well, be brutal. Well, good, good. Give them, a, give them a little heat. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, wearing those pants on that kind of course, granted, you better hope the wind's blowing. Because, I mean, it was a nice breezy on Monday, but I couldn't imagine how hot it's going to be with that sand on Sunday. I mean, it's going to be a challenging game, but it's by far the best courts I probably will ever play. Well, and some of those, you know, and I'll probably I'll post something on the sidetrack again. There's there's the hole there there are these holes where the swells when like like turtleback greens that are drop off and it's like you're chipping on like a ten foot like shelf. Yeah. You're yeah. just like in this hole and you're like, okay, like it's like you're looking up at like a person staying on top of you, like, okay, I gotta chip it up that. Yeah. And and those waste bunkers are just another monster. Like I've never before that, I've only hit a waste bunker out of like uh, like off of like a fairway type deal, not like 10 feet off a of green. So, I mean, I'm not that good to like hit off of, hit out of a waste bunker 10 feet off a of green and put it on the green. And that was just a really cool experience though. Anyways. Yeah. I'll, I'll say for anyone um, out there that hasn't played it, um, definitely experience it. I know Kurt, you say you, you're playing the ocean course in a few weeks. What is what is your main mindset when in, when it comes to playing a course right after the PGA? Yeah, so I'm I'm supposed to be playing it with a buddy of mine here and and uh, yeah, like three weeks to a month. And well, so our our mindset is kind of uh, you know because it's so close to the PGA. So we're and I, I'm not sure if we'll be able to play it from where they play it at or not. But we want to play it, you know, tipped out, kind of close, just kind of to see. How, how much worse we are, but I mean, I fully expect, you know, I'm normally a pretty decent golfer and I, I fully expect to struggle to break a hundred from, from everything. Well, and the, the hardest part, in my opinion, about a course like the ocean course is honestly like the, the elevated greens, like you said, but also the wind, like on, on a, on an average golf course, it, if the wind is blowing, it can make that course play, you know, six to seven shots harder on any given day. You know, like wind makes a huge difference. And then let alone on a course like the ocean course where where you, you can't miss a golf shot. If the wind's in the face, all of a sudden, you know, a 10-yard a, a miss becomes a 30-yard miss because the wind just balloons it all. This makes the course play so much tougher. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, looking forward to the challenge. When me and Sam played, um, I remember, like, being on the tee box, looking back on some of the holes, and I was like, I can't believe that those guys are – like like played back there like it's like a different hole like you're like looking back and you're like i can't even imagine playing that hole from like 560 yards like it, that just my mind wouldn't let me actually like perceive it that way it's yeah, well, just yeah. yeah playing from 70 7800 yards is just like so when when i look at like distances on a golf course Typically, like anything, like seven thousand yards or longer is a long golf course. Seventy eight hundred is just absurd, and then let alone the fact that like you're playing in the wind too. That just makes it, it, it makes it feel like it's twice as long. Dude, it's gonna be the true test for these guys. It's gonna be such a true test for these guys. Yeah, I mean, these guys, you're gonna have to pick someone that knows that's the hit a slingshot right off the tee and can hit it low. Like it's really hard to pick and choose who's going to be able to do that. Especially if the wind is super strong It's it's going to be challenging. Well, there was, um, what's his name? 
Um, is it? I don't know how to pronounce it. Dol? Is it Dolheim? Dolham? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I cannot. I, I don't. I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. But he was doing. Um, one of his buddies had him on Instagram recording. They were like walking on the ninth uh, tee. They're like, hey, like you know, like how's the course playing? Blah blah blah. And then they're like, hey, for like the scratch golfer, like, what do you think he's shooting? He goes, they're not breaking a hundred. Like, there's yeah. no way. Like the scratch golfer right now, and like, and you saw him obviously right now in these conditions with that win that they were having. I think it was Tuesday, yesterday that um, this video came out. And like you said, Curly, that's just like those type of wins. I and, and you know, obviously for the scratch golfer, right? Like, you don't play in twenty mile per hour wins like every day. Like you may in my lifetime, I played because I lived in like Illinois where it's like literally probably like one of the windiest States besides like that, I haven't played in like any major high wind thing. So like when you don't play in high wind for like 15 years and then when I, we go play the ocean course, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like this is, you know, and to be able to keep your line on a shot, you know, with the wind and all these guys talking about like, Oh, you can't come down on the ball because that's going to create more spin. And with more spin, that's just going to either balloon the ball or make it go away, you know, with the wind. So these guys are like talking about more like sweeping the ground with their, with their shots. And it's like, it's just really impressive to, to watch those guys and see what they're capable, like capable of doing in such like ridiculous conditions. Oh yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome to watch. Uh, I mean, unluckily, won't be able to go in person this weekend, but just gonna be able to watch it on TV and actually see their shots travel through the wind. I mean, the wind gusts are gonna be in the twenties. It's gonna be crazy. It's just gonna be awesome to see those guys actually play well, play against the wind, basically beat the wind, and it's just. It's just unreal. It's going to be awesome. Sam, did you, when you went Monday, did you kind of just like walk around the course, like watching different people? Or did you like kind of stick with like a couple different groups? And Yeah, so we uh, we walked a little bit on the front nine, and then we kind of stationed back at the back nine. Um, the wind definitely wasn't as blowing, wasn't blowing as hard as it is, or it was yesterday or today or probably this weekend. but. Um, but I'll say, like, the back nine is by far the most, like, appealing. It's just right on the ocean. Um, it's probably the hardest out of the entire ocean course. Um, but we we ended up watching Dustin Johnson play. We watched Adam Scott, Shane Lowry. Uh, we watched JT. Um, we watched Max Homa, Billy Horschel. Watched a lot of those guys. And then... Um, so it was not, it was definitely a nice thing to actually get to see. And I honestly, I didn't realize these guys literally play every single day. Like yeah. I didn't realize that they, they go out Sunday through Monday and either play in the tournament or practice. Like going on a Monday, I was like, all right, all we're going to do is walk the course, maybe see some, some range shooting. And that's about it. No, these, these guys legit play a full round every single day just about like and i get it i understand they just want to like understand the entire course especially this one being so hard but 
these guys, there's, I don't know how I would not be tired. I mean, yeah, if I was making millions doing what they're doing, I can do it, but I, it's, it's a grind. I respect these guys for, for, for walking it in the heat, playing these hard courses, playing it every single day. Um, I mean, they did, they did awesome. It, I won't say, I will say it was pretty funny watching Patrick Reed having to practice by himself because no one else wants to play with him. Well, I always find it funny too because like he's he's a and actually Steve Stricker was like in an interview today, and um, you know they were like oh like you know Tiger has struggled with like team play and all this stuff and um, I was like is that fair is that unfair and he's like oh it's kind of like unfair you know like because whoever he's paired with you know they have like that like Tiger effect of like this guy's just so good, like how, like I'm on a team with him. And it's funny because like Furek's gotten stuck with him, which I think's like fair because like he's an older guy, like probably just like lays down and you have Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed has gotten stuck. Like, and I think Tiger, I think likes Patrick Reed being paired with him on like team events for some reason. Probably because he's like maybe get, getting a, like a, like a better lie or something maybe. You, you know, rolling the ball out there, maybe. Hey, hey Tiger, here you go. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't have anything against Patrick Reed. I really don't. Like, besides, like, his, like, little chubby face and chubby body, like, he's just, like, I, I really don't have anything ill will against him. I I know you guys – I know Sam's not a fan of him, but – He's a cheater. <laughs> I, I don't, like, you know, and I guess – I haven't seen like a lot of the videos that he's like cheated. I've seen a couple of them that are like, he's always the guy, I guess, that like gets like, whether it's him, you know, pushing some sand back on his shots, like in a bunker and like ends up moving some sand or, you know, I have, a, I have more of a problem with guys like DeChambeau who's like complaining about like one fire ant that he sees and the guy's like, and then the, the uh, official comes over. He's like, they do that's like it's a normal that's a regular black ant and no yeah there's like one of them like play your ball yeah dude so so much of patrick reed's perception is just it's just the way the media looks at him like so the, the whole thing with him brushing the sand back from behind the ball obviously I, I disagree with that but the whole thing with like him fixing his lie in the rough or whatever not calling over a rules official dude rory did the same thing that same day but because it's rory and he is such a such a great perception in the public eye. Just nobody even thought about it. But as soon as Patrick Reed does that same thing, everyone's whining and crying about it. And I mean, I definitely like Patrick Reed has done stuff to basically bring this hate upon himself. But at the end of the day, like in terms of the guy's golf game, I love watching him play. Like he, he's a, he's a fiery player. He's exciting to watch. He's that he, he has, he has an arrogance about him. That's like, to me at least is exciting. Um, especially in tournaments like the Ryder Cup and all that. But, I mean, it. I, I enjoy watching him play the game of golf. Obviously, some of his stuff off the course, you know, it makes it a little bit tougher to root for the guy. But, I mean, at the end of the day, like, is he, is he a cheater? I don't think so. I think that's just kind of the way the media looks at him. Just the way he looks is just how do you not, like, I understand why people just hate him off the bat. Just He's just like a funny-looking, like, guy like i feel like he's the guy that's like walking across the green and his shoes are squeaking the entire time <laughs> like that's just what that's my perception of him because he's got those wet feet uh so <laughs> if that's what you're saying all right so then you got who you got you got patrick for the pga championship in 2021 who either one 
No, I don't. <laughs> I don't have him. Yeah. Oh. Who, who, who you guys? All right. Who, who do you? We'll, we'll do this. Who do you think your contenders are? Like we'll, we'll name like two or three like contenders like that could possibly win. Okay, so my my first guy, um, who so th- this is kind of like my number one guy who who I'd say I'm picking for this week. Kind of a little bit of a dark horse, but he's been playing great golf for a, really since we got back from COVID. But Florida State guy, which pains me a little bit, and and not not Kapka, but actually his teammate Daniel Berger. Dude, Daniel Berger, there's something about his game. I, I feel like I feel like this is his breakthrough week. He he was firing on all cylinders last week. I think he he, he had a top five finish on tour. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like Daniel Berger to get it done this week. And then another guy who obviously a, a huge dark horse and a little bit older, um, I think he's probably getting slept on a little bit, but Louis Oosthuizen, there's something about him and, and Link's style golf courses that just, it, it fits his game. Well, he always shows up in majors also. Um, he always plays well, but I, I like Louis to have a good finish this week. Where's that um, mute button? <laughs> I know. I'm. I'm just like. It's. I, guys, I, 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 know, I know. Yeah, I know you guys are saying that, but dude, I I guarantee you that I'm not. I'm not saying Louis is going to win the thing, but I guarantee you he finishes top ten, top fifteen. He Ooh, he always show, cool. always shows up in majors, especially at courses like this. But uh, Daniel Berger is cool. probably not one. I almost well, want to just that, like find out where Louis finished last PGA at Ocean. Daniel Daniel Berger. I was on that train last year. Like I, I put like some some money on him um, to win a couple of tournaments last year. Cause he was he was playing like really good, and he, I know last last weekend he played good. I mean, that's not a terrible dark horse at all. I feel like Ustazen. I feel like he's just like a masters guy. Like it's like Zach Johnson, right? Like Zach Johnson, that little slimy little guy, just like shows up to the Masters and always ends up like playing like pretty good because he's not a long hitter. But he is like very good at like shot placing. I just want to find out where Louis finished it back in 2012. That's all I would just want to see. Yeah, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to look it up. All right, Derek. Um, so who who's your who's your guy that you think is going to win it all, and who's your bench player for a backup? I'm gonna go. All right, I'm gonna go with the heart because who I want to win, I want Justin Thomas to win. Um, it's not about one. It's about who you think's gonna win. Yeah, but I'm gonna. I'm, but I, I'm going. The, I'm going, going with the heart. You going, going with the heart? Okay. Yeah, I'm going with the heart. Um, because I want him to win. He hasn't been putting well, but I want him to win. Um, and then two other guys. I I, I would go. Um, Xander Shoffley. I think he's been playing really good. Um, I think he has a really good chance. He's been he's like had so many top fives and top tens in, in majors. Um it's just wild. So at this point, can he get over that like mental hump of like, hey, I've been here, done this, I just haven't won? Like, can he get over that? I think so. I think he could also I think he has a really good chance of winning. And then uh Jordan Spieth. I mean mm. strict strictly because um okay. Jordan Spieth has a good like a low ball flight. Um, and he's, he's been playing better. So I, I think he has like a good chance too, cause he has really good shot placement. Um, and Jordan Spieth plays pretty smart. Like he plots his way around the golf course. He won't, 
the only time he really blows up is like if he has one like a couple bad drives. So I think he has a pretty good chance. Dude, but he he puts himself in so much trouble to, to like like at a lot of golf courses he can like hit it over into BFE and bail himself out. Kia was not one of those golf courses. And I mean, I, 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 hope, I hope I'm wrong. I love Jordan Speed. But and yeah, that that could be. I mean, you know, that's that's why he's my third. You know, it's like hey, like if he if he plays. Uh, you could say that about anyone, but you know, if, I think if he keeps that driver like in play and like doesn't end up in these waste bunkers, um, I think he'll have a really good chance. But I'm going JT with my heart, and then Shoffley. That's my that's my bench player. No, I, I, I was yeah, I was just gonna step in real quick and say uh, I, I found it. Ustazen finished 21st in 2012, so not a not a great finish, but not bad either. I'm yeah, it's not terrible. Yeah, yeah top, top 20. Yeah, that's not. Bad. I mean. I mean, on Friday in 2012, I think the scoring average was like 78. Yeah, and that was and that was that like the wind was like blowing heavy that Friday. So I think it's going to be really interesting because I think Rory shot like two under that day, and that was when Rory Rory was like he had, was interviewed this week, and that's when he was like, "Wow!" Like that's when he realized he had a chance to win it because everyone was shooting, you know, six over. And he shot like two under. Actually, no. Rory, so, Rory finished minus six for the final round, which is yeah. which is nuts. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's just that's an absurd. Especially, he won by eight. He won by eight strokes. Yeah, yeah. He, he shot thirteen yeah. under. Second place shot minus five. That's absurd. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. So uh, so going uh, going off of that Jordan Spieth thing, I think he's a good pick, like you said, because he has a lower flight. Um, do I think he'll win? I don't know. Um, I think a lot of people kind of like go for him or against him kind of thing. Um, but definitely not in my top three. I think my top three would definitely, I would agree with Xander. I think it's time for Xander actually to pull out a win. Um, and he's good. Those good odds, in a bunker. Those odds. Yeah. Those odds are great. Yeah. Plus 2,200. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, those are great odds. I, I like those odds for Xander and he's a fantastic bunker player. And it's really going to help, at least at the this course. Um, but my my other two is y'all might y'all might disagree with me, but I'm going to say Adam Scott. I I watched wow. I watched Adam Scott practice on Monday and with he, he was with DJ and Shane Lowry, and he played well. I mean, I followed him for at least five holes, and he he shot really well. I mean, um, considering the distance on some of these. Holes. I mean, he he placed it right on the green. If it was a par three, he placed it right on the fairway. He was very accurate. I think Adam Scott might actually pull it out. I think he's my number one to win it. It's a far fetch. Ooh. Don't get me wrong, far fetch. But he's one of the off the walls pick I got. And then, I- hang on, before you say your next one, yeah, that that I don't like that <laughs> strictly because I was gonna bet. So there were the so it's like even odds right now for him to miss the cut. Are you serious? Yeah, I don't. Think yeah, that, I mean, so all right. So in twenty, so I was gonna bet him to miss the cut. Like that's now that you say that, now my head's like, well, Sam saw Sam saw him in person practicing good. So now I'm like second guessing. That's myself. just me, and he he tied for eleventh in twenty twelve. So he shot pretty well. That's just me. Oof. That's just me, and I'm I don't have the best luck, so don't listen. Um, so those are my, those are my two. I think, I think my third one is if I'm going with a safe pick, 
Um, may not win, but at least make the cut. I'm going Corey Connors. Corey yeah, Connors. I, I, like, I like that. He, he's been hot. He's been a, a solid pick the entire season. Um, he's consistently in the, in the top 25, except I think it was last week. But, um, I mean, he's a solid pick to, to at least get high, hit fairways, um, and just get through the match. He may not win, but I think he's just a solid pick. Yeah, I think, and you know, I, what I was, what I did is I looked at some of the odds, and I went, you know, I'm gonna put my money on JT, go with the heart, you know, gamble with the heart, you never lose, right? And then, um, and then you know, put some money on on Xander, um, and I was gonna do that, Adam Scott. Now I don't know. Now my 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 head's in a pretzel. <laughs> I'm, telling, I, I'm telling you, I, it was funny watching JT on Monday because he he uh, he hit a. Um, a pretty nice chip shot off the fairway and went in the hole. So I think he was feeling it on Monday. But oh, I saw I saw that on TV. Yeah, so I was right there. Watching. I was doing work and I had it. Yeah, yeah and uh, but it was funny because right after that he was on seventeen and uh, had a, a sweet uh, hybrid shot uh, on a par three, but it it went straight into the water. So <laughs> I mean, it's it's a tough one on this course, man. You never know how the conditions are gonna gonna hit your hit your shot he he posted something like on his instagram that was like and he t- he has like a video of it and um he hit like yeah i don't know what it was, know, it was like a hybrid, yeah, or, he had a hybrid yeah and and he posted and was like oh like you know i hit you know this club or whatever 220 yards against the wind he was like where are you hitting he goes i absolutely flushed it cut a little bit and it went in the water yep and all these guys, like there were guys that were playing that back nine, that like all like didn't play with an iron. They hit every every hole. They were hitting a wood into the into the green, and then a couple other guys like the lo- like Tony Finau was like, oh yeah, I didn't um like the the only the lowest club I hit, or highest club he hit going into any green was a five iron. Jeez. So I mean, if you're if you're gonna see that. And it's just going to come down to like who hits the best five irons and in the greens and or and or misses in the best possible place. That's who's going to take this thing. Yeah, it's. I mean, to to wrap it all up, I'm telling you, it's going to be a hard course. I'm interested to see it. Scores going to be low, um, which I kind of like for a change. Um, and I'm telling you, I'm I'm picking Adam Scott. I mean, I'm that, I'm that shooting a hundred prediction. <laughs> that is a bold prediction. Yeah, I would I would at least throw like just like three bucks on it. You're gonna you're gonna win like a hundred bucks, bro. I should. Yeah, I, yeah. So I I am I'm gonna go ahead and throw out one other name. Just y'all threw three names out there, and there's one other name that was kind of hitting me a little bit. But Victor Hovland, watch out for him mm. as well. There's, there's something uh, I, I could I could see him getting in the mix late. Yep. Yeah, that's a solid top, pick. Top three finishes the past couple of weeks. He, yeah, he's a good pick. Yeah, I, I like Hoblin. That's a really good pick. I, I will say if, if you can put me on any course. Now, I'm not speaking like the ocean course in those conditions. I'm saying like if you were to put me on a normal course, but I had to hit five iron into every green, <laughs> I'm, I'm shooting 100, over 100. Like because I'm going to have a couple snap hooks. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a couple five irons that just like go way left. All right, I can strike my five iron like one out of like eight shots. So 
and you take that, that's, you know, give me 18 holes. I'm going to be in some trouble if I'm in my five iron every time. But it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what these guys do. I, I think the course is, is playing, is going to play unreal long. And even like these guys were being interviewed and they're, Oh, um, you know, how, how are you feeling about this course? And JT goes, um, well, if you want a six hour round, he goes, put it at 7,800 you know, yards. He goes, then we'll have a six hour round. He goes, but I don't think the PGA wants that. So I suggest that they should move it up a little bit. Now, all these guys keep saying it too. I wonder if they're in like the back room being like, Hey, like tell them to like move up the tees a little bit, you know, just like whispering to each other. Dude, it's funny you say that because when we were watching JT and Billy and Max Homa go from 16 T or 16 green to 17 T 17 is a par three uh, for at least a practice round. You know how they, they either put the tees in the back, the, 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 the uh, tee box or the front just for practice. So they, they don't mess up the, the tee box. <laughs> it was funny. Cause Billy Horschel was about a tee off and JT literally says, Billy stop right now and move up to the front of the tee box just so he wouldn't have to hit it. 10 more yards. It was the funniest <laughs> thing. Because he was just like, Billy, no, we're going up front, bud. <laughs> you don't want to be, I mean, I mean, you, you don't want to be that guy that's like, hey, dude, hey, bud, like, you know, scoot up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, hey, like, listen, if I'm not hitting back there, I'm not going to look like a fool and I'm playing with you, so scoot up a little bit. <laughs> Still scoot it up and hit it in the water. But, all right, boys, let's wrap this this bad boy up. Uh, any final thoughts? I, I'm telling you, PGA is going to be a tough one. I'm excited to watch it every single day this week. Um, let's go and put a hundred bucks on Adam Scott and win 10 grand. There, there, there you go. <laughs> That's, uh, I, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> I'd be poor for Adam Scott then. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'd rather save my hundred dollars and, uh, still have a hundred dollars next week. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, any, any week where golf has a major championship, just a great week, four straight days of watching quality golf. And, uh, especially when it's at a course like, like uh kiowa i mean it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a great week i'm looking forward to it yeah this is where you uh you don't get much work done i'll have my uh i'll be working one screen the other screen will have uh you know have it on my laptop and and uh hopefully hopefully see some of these guys hit in the water so it makes me feel a little better about myself not to wish that upon them but if it, if it were to happen i wouldn't mind fuck that these boys are hitting in the water yeah but if it had to be anyone i hope it's patrick reed <laughs> <laughs> let's go of course all right boys well everyone thanks for listening kurt thank you for uh coming back on we'll, we'll, i'm sure we'll have you back on again very soon um yes sir thanks everyone hey boys go get sidetracked later peace <laughs>